Do you like pop culture? I do. <laughs> I wasn't talking to you, Andrew. Oh. If you enjoy movies, television, all that kind of stuff, uh, we have a lot of fun on Sif Pop Podcast, part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. So you can come check us out every week. You can listen live or just download it to your podcast feed. Every single week, Aaron breaks down the newest movies that are big in theaters, and I make funny noises. <laughs> you could probably pick one of those that you would like. You can join us every weekend live by looking at Spreaker.com slash Studio DNA, or you can find us in your podcast player a preference by searching for Sift Pop. It is a podcast as contemplative as a Rod Serling story and as intentional as a Jordan Peele production. It is the middle ground between movies and television, between comedy <laughs> and horror. And it lies between the pit of a man's expectations and the summit of his excitement. This is the dimension of discussion. It is an area which we call Quality Check Podcast. Welcome back, film and television fans, to a brand new episode of Quality Check Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Daniel Posey, and joining me to my left, Drew Douglas. Call me the Wonderkind. Do you feel like you're a Wonderkind today? I can tell you that I've never felt that in my life. Not even for like a few seconds? Or What's the, what, whatever the opposite word of Wonderkind, that's me. <laughs> so <laughs> you're, you're looking at the Loserkind. Yeah, basically the just like who's achieved absolutely nothing at his young age. I love one night this past week, I was discussing with someone the word wonderkind and what it means and more importantly, how that came to be just in terms of like, is it German? And of course. Yeah, of course. I, w I was just about ready to say it in a German accent. And then I thought, no, nah, I better not. You paused because you're like, this is not an Inglorious Bastards podcast. But whenever we end up doing the ninth film by Quentin Tarantino, <laughs> do you think? <laughs> I love every time we get that preview. You're like, it's the ninth film by Quentin Tarantino. It makes me sick to my stomach. I wish that Jordan Peele did that with these episodes of Twilight Zone. It's like the sixth episode of the Twilight Zone by Jordan Peele. I'd actually love to hear from our listeners out there that if you are that interested in knowing that Quentin Tarantino is releasing his ninth film. Like, what do you think about that? I'm curious. Do you like seeing that whenever it says the ninth film by Quentin Tarantino, or do you not even really pay attention? I would imagine most people do not care. I just find it... He just seems like the kind of guy that would write a good line of dialogue and then pat himself on the back. <laughs> and be like, I just nailed it. And you're, he, I don't know. I can't stand it. Maybe he's like banging away on the keyboard like Moondog from Beach Bum, and then he just starts laughing to himself. One day I will swallow up the world. <laughs> and when I do, I hope you all perish violently. <laughs> and then he chugs a PBR. Love, Moondog. Moondog. I am excited because we have a question about Moondog coming up in a podcast episode. Not this one, but the podcast that we will cover next. I wish we we could spend a long time talking about the Beach Bum. I actually do too. 
You and I went to see that. We loved it. We both really liked it. I was very surprised by that. Very surprised. And a lot of people, it's it's something I would never recommend to another human being. Because it's so, you either, you either kind of get it or you don't. You love it or you hate it. And this actually ended up having a story that I did not expect was some sort of story. It definitely played out in a way that I expected there to be zero story and that it would just be a slice of life, as you like to call it. A slice of filth is what I expected <laughs> for an hour and a half. And it is that, but there is something to it. And I think this is... Harmony makes movies that are not accessible in any way, I don't think, to the masses. And this, I think, bucks that trend just a little bit. Yeah, and I would say that he did a really good job. May end up being his best film. So even though we could talk about that for hours, which we have... We have. We drank PBRs and, and propped our legs up and typed. And we, we only communicated through typewriter, even though we were sitting next to each other. While we're not covering Quentin Tarantino or The Beach Bum, we are going to talk about the fifth episode of the rebooted series, Twilight Zone. Now, Quality Check normally covers movies, but we're stepping into the fifth dimension. This episode, as you can guess, is on The Wonderkin. Signpost ahead spoilers so if you have not seen this episode of the twilight zone go watch it come back listen to us join in the into the discussion we want to hear what you have to say so let's go ahead and jump into the wonderkin he connects with people do you realize how rare that is Nobody gets hurt. Everybody wins. This is the American dream. You're an opportunist. Of course I am. The Wonderkin tells a story about a down-on-his-luck campaign manager who's determined to get a kid elected as the president of the United States. So before we get into the stats... Let's talk about our hype for this. You were really excited about this. Super hyped. So the peak hype that we've had so far since this new rebooted version of The Twilight Zone, right? I would say Nightmare might be just an edge above. Okay. But this is, of the five, this is maybe the most excited I have been to sit down and watch one. And also, it seems to be the most original, which we will get into that. Of all of these new episodes. So you were hyped too? Yeah, I would say not peak. What's, what's the what's the number one reason why you were excited? I was excited for John Cho. That's number one? Uh, John and Jacob Trimbley. I really wanted to see what they would be like together. And a close second, I would say just below that, is I want I wanted to see how they covered this type of story. Is it going to be one of those that is totally off the rails? Are they going to keep it a little grounded? I just was very intrigued by this synopsis of what what is it like whenever we end up having this kid who's becoming maybe a senator, president. We thought it would be president, and we just thought that was so interesting. I thought it would be interesting to see how that played out with those actors on board. I agree. So what is that pretty much the same reason for you? John Cho, number one. So let's go ahead and jump into those stats. Again, this is the fifth episode of this rebooted version of halfway The Twilight through. Zone. We're halfway through. It came out on April 25th, 2019. It runs 40 minutes long. A nice 40. 
a nice 40, so it's almost breezy in terms of these new episodes. I would say breezy is the word. Really? Oh, yeah. The uh, It was written by Andrew Guest. He has done episodes of Hope and Faith, 30 Rock and Community. Those are all comedies. Ooh. Uh, it was directed by Richard Shepard. He's done a lot of TV, too. He worked on Ugly Betty, 30 Rock Girls. He also directed the 2013 Jude Law crime drama, Dom Hemingway, which plays very much like a Guy Ritchie parody. Didn't oh. think it was very good. Have I've never seen, seen that? it. I've never even heard of it. It opens with Jude Law getting a BJ oh. for probably two and a half minutes. <laughs> and he's just like going on this huge monologue about his penis. About the BJ itself or just Just how his, his penis is a work of art. Oh. And that is the opening. No. And you know exactly what you're getting into. And it's it honestly, to me, feels like a Guy Ritchie parody. It's not good. You know, maybe I have seen the beginning because I remember vaguely a type of dialogue like that. You will, you'll know it if you rewatch mm. it. So uh, I don't know if Shepard has done anything else, but both the writer and director along those comedy lines. And as you mentioned, this stars Jacob Tremblay. He plays Oliver Foley. Allison Tolman plays Maura McGill. John Lorquette is in this for maybe a minute and a, a half. Minute. Now, were you excited to see him? I saw him in the cast and I was, um, I won't say excited, but I was like, that's kind of cool. I haven't seen him in a while. He's in it for maybe a minute. I don't, I don't know why. It's like, what's the point of being in it? I he plays I uh, it. James Stevens, the president, who is not reelected. And then, of course, John Cho, he plays Raph Hanks. Hollywood hunk. The man who popularized the term MILF in American Pie, the great John Cho. <laughs> That's, That's not the reason why I love him, but that might have started this love affair. So you're a huge fan, would you say? I think he's just an all-around good actor, and I love him in, like, Star Trek. I know he's done a lot of stuff. He was in one of my favorite movies last year, Searching. Did you see that? Yes. Very interesting, unique You know, I kept movie. hearing everyone talk about how great that was, especially at film festivals. Like, the early buzz was really positive, and I thought, we'll see. I was pleasantly surprised with that movie. Yeah, very clever. And it's a movie that within maybe the first minute, I already had tears in my eyes. They had already really? they had done enough to establish these characters and the emotional stakes. Cho was fantastic in that. I would like to watch that again. I think it's on Stars or something now. I've, yeah, I've seen it twice. Once in the theater and then once whenever it came out. But that was a pleasant surprise last year. I think Cho, too, is one of those actors who he's gotten some really good roles. And I was really worried that he could end up falling into this category of just kind of being like a parody actor. And he's done so much more than that. One thing that you mentioned about the the writing of this and the people attached in front of the camera and also behind the scenes, it's this trend that Peel is keeping these comedic writers and actors and those with that background kind of pulling the strings here with this new series. Do you like that? We're halfway through. Do you, do you like having s some of these like comedic writers? writing these episodes because wonder can without really getting into it did not come off very funny at times it's it was sillier than i expected sillier but more serious like it's it's like silly scary to me yeah yeah i don't know if the writing really matters because i mean it matters in the long run in terms of who's writing i don't think it does because all of these episodes seem to um there are there are a lot of them are doing the same thing which is like something in the political or cultural climate mm -hmm. and we're going to turn it into 
a Twilight Zone episode, and it's it, it, I think it's both um, a positive thing, and I think it's actually hindering the show in some ways. Can be kind of detracting a little bit. All right, so let's now jump into our thoughts on the Wonderkind. Let's start with the Wonderkind is fill in the blank. So what did, what do you have to say for that? I wrote the Wonderkind is a piece of political pop culture that feels more fact than fiction. I was hoping that you were going to say a piece of political pop culture poop. <laughs> Some people, uh, if you go around the internet, a lot of these are getting ripped apart. This one yeah. specifically is really rubbing some people the wrong way. And if you go to, I, I have CBS All Access on Amazon. Sure. So I was just casually looking through the reviews of the new Twilight Zone just as a whole. And it's at average, I think, like a three-star rating, but people really are ripping this I, for being too liberal, um, not like the original show with sure. the language. Yeah, and I'm really curious to hear what you have to say because – I kept cr- coming across a lot of articles like that, too, and researching this episode. So many people are saying, especially those um, which they're they're kind of ripping the episode for taking this hard stance of, look, this is what's happening right now. We've got this child in the presidency. Do we really need to see this? So you've got those that are saying that they don't want to see it because they agree with it, and those that are saying that they don't want to see it because it's a situation that, like, why are you saying this? There's, you know, you're just There's taking no this middle up. ground. Just there's like, there's really no middle ground in politics. And it's like now I feel like so much of this is you can't watch it and take it for what it is without being upset. I read one comment that I actually responded to because I was just like, what are you talking about? And it was somebody that said, this is not real. There's no way a child could be elected <laughs> president. I'm like, do you understand the? this is the twilight zone <laughs> where – where they're writing metaphors for real life. We're not saying this could actually happen. Right. That's not the point. You're missing the point. Yeah. It's it's the, I don't like it because I don't agree with it, so I'm going to find something truly asinine to complain about. That honestly is kind of the along the lines of this episode, why it's getting tanked. And it's in, I, I'm, re- I'm ready to hear what you have to say more about it. What I have for my fill in the blank is the Wonderkin is a fun but sometimes too wacky of a story i don't know if i found i found it fun i guess that's not the word i was thinking about i found it actually kind of scary i found it to be startling at times and it really took very much so like a traveler there are moments where we see true vintage twilight zone hooks as as i was calling them hooks Mm -hmm. where and we'll get into it, but as the story progresses, more and more things keep happening, and it reminded me of those classic Twilight Zone episodes. Yeah, I think they're finding a groove where, like you said, this feels like a Twilight Zone. Let's now get into Peel's intro as the narrator. We hear this five minutes, 40 seconds in. Ooh, hit me. And it goes like this. Meet Raph Hanks, a wonderkind. Once the most successful campaign manager of his generation, now Raph finds himself in a valley of booze and regret. One filled with bad choices and even worse polling, he's about to embark on a misguided road to redemption, and on his way back to the top, he'll have to take a dark detour through the Twilight Zone. Ooh, that sounds rough. So, did you like that? Uh, yeah. 
The intro? Yeah. Is that one of your favorite intros that Peel has said so far? Because it's one of my favorites. It's a good one. I may have to go with that may be my favorite intro. I mean, we, last week was a traveler, and we talked about how he was basically spouting nonsense. <laughs> this, I didn't feel like that. I Not thought it was very straightforward. My favorite is, now Raph finds himself in a valley of booze and regret. I love that line. So last week, we did something where we predicted what would happen on this episode before watching anything other than the trailer. There's at least one that we got right. It wasn't me. It was you. We nailed one. We had four predictions, and they were that Jacob's character would say fake news. That did not happen. No. That Jacob would touch someone inappropriately, which was your prediction, not mine. I'm Uh, just saying that did not happen. I was waiting for it. I I mean, that's hard to do with a little kid. (laughs) I don't know if you can get away with that. Uh, We predicted that Jacob would drop an F word, which we did get correct once. Yeah, one F. He says it once, and it it comes a little later in the episode. I was like, crap, they're not going to do it. And then uh, the big one was that. By the end of the episode, Jacob would lead America to nuclear destruction. That did not happen. I also made a prediction to you earlier this week through text. I said uh, Jacob was actually an adult and John Cho was just seeing him as a child. And that never happened. So we only got one prediction right and that was Jacob having a potty mouth. So you and I, we get 1,000 points. And Jacob, you get a bar of soap. You got to clean that mouth out. He, so you're going to use that 1,000 bucks to buy Jacob Trimbley all soap. Do you think that now parents ask their kids to wash their mouth out with soap with a bar of soap or or do they use the liquid soap? And they're just like, hold your mouth open. There's a danger and they just, too liquid and <laughs> you're going to swallow that. Or maybe parents are like, here's a Tide Pod. Did you ever have to? I never really cussed yeah. in front of my parents. I really don't think I ever have. Have you ever done that and been yes. forced to eat the soap, lick yeah. the soap or whatever? Yeah. Not yeah. eat it, but there was... Well, you know, not eat it. But. Yeah, there, there, is, there is a moment where my mom was so livid. I watched for the first time, without her knowing it, the... I think it was um, Beverly Hills Cop. Oh, yeah, you're going to learn some stuff. Ooh, and I did. And so there was one thing, one phrase that I said, and I was pretending to be Eddie Murphy, and she was like, what did you say? Do you remember? That See, I... The pop culture will seep into a child's head and they'll say or do what they see on television. The worst thing I ever did was <laughs> – I don't even know if I want to admit to this, oh. but as a kid, The Rocketeer came out. and There's Nazis in that movie. Yeah. And on my hand, I drew swastikas. Whoa. <laughs> Not just like these, <laughs> like these villains are cool or whatever. And I specifically remember being at a McDonald's and my dad seeing that. And he was like, go to the bathroom. You wash that off immediately. Oh, my goodness. So I had like a swastika on my thumb. So did you, instead of having to eat soap, you were literally having to scrub until you were. scrubbing off something that should not have been on my body. Oh, my goodness. Just imagine a man walking around with a young child. and he's got got, this on him. He's got this symbol on him. And, uh, yeah, I I very vividly remember that. So that's that's something that I never had like tattoos or anything like that. But there was one time I had this uh, fake cigarette. Yeah, my, well, yeah, we used to do that all the time. My, my mom got so mad. She found my stash and she threw them <laughs> out. So we used mad. to put flour in the fake cigarettes and blow them out. So oh. like <laughs> I love. We were deviants. Yeah, I I was too. But I normally stuck to 
just doing things like that and trying to run people off the road like the good son. Jeez. Oh, man. Yeah, I loved watching that as a kid too. <laughs> so those are the predictions, which we only got one right. That was you. So you you get 1,000 points I'll share for it with you though. We can each have 500. Okay. I'm down for that. So now let's jump into the things that you liked and three things or less. I actually have three things. Okay. And the third one is it's brisk, baby. Yeah. 40 minutes, uh, the shortest episode so far. I it's, love it. Nice it, and concise. Yeah, it, it definitely seemed that way, which was a surprise. I felt like of all episodes, this is the one episode they could have drawn out a little bit. Don't you think so? Mm, I think it's good. Okay. There so, was a moment, too, because I accidentally hit the remote, and it said probably like three and a half minutes left. And I was like, how are they going to wrap this up? <laughs> and they do wrap it up. Yeah. Uh, so I love that. I really love the dread that this episode builds up by picking someone to lead the country and then watching them become increasingly unstable and then having the people that surround that person still show them support. And several times Cho tries to calmly address Oliver's behavior and he's shot down as mm. being treasonous and then he's literally shot. I love the, I, yeah. just the, the anxiousness that he feels and that we feel of entrusting our faith in someone and then just basically being let off a cliff. Well, and as you were saying about being deviant – Jacob Tremblay is not only deviant, but he's also becoming this villainous person who he's learning yeah, he's through a, this. He knows how to get what he wants. Exactly. He cons his way into getting the position by yep. being sweet. And then the, the dying dog learns very quickly that. And you brought this up in the it wasn't an official prediction, but you were saying that he would be firing people left and right. And at one point in the episode, we could almost count this. He goes, if you're not going to do what I want, I'll find somebody who will. There's sure. plenty of people that will. First off, free video games for every American. Nintendo, PlayStation, whatever they want. Mr. President, especially given the way the national debt looks right now. And plus, companies aren't just going to willingly give away their games. Guess they'll just have to. Yes, but... But nothing. They have to. I made a promise. So they give away 270 million games to every American, or we put a surcharge tax of a million dollars a Game Boy and put them out of business in a day. The people voted, we have to give them what we promised. And that's very scary because it's very true. And I think that with that, we end up having this dread that you said which may have been a turnoff to a lot of viewers. Do you think that would be the case? I would think that that would not be the case. That would be more interesting. That's what you would be interested in um, because this is clearly a work of fiction. A child cannot become president no matter what you think. That's not a valid complaint. No matter what the trolls online are saying. Um, So just keep that in mind when you're watching this. This is a work of fiction. And that's the thing about Twilight Zone. Any Twilight Zone episode, whether it be now or Rod Serling's Twilight Zone or anything else that's been released under the Twilight Zone name, I think that it's just – you're able to watch this and say as crazy as it gets, this is still one of those that it is supposed to make you think Mm -hmm. in terms of allegory and – metaphorically and symbolically. What is that? What does it mean to you instead of taking it serious? That's why, like I said, it sometimes it can be a little wacky. While watching it, I did not feel that way. But after, the more I think about it, the more wacky of an idea it seems to be. It's a silly premise just inherently, but I think it actually really works. Sure. 
And it's not silly like in a dumb and dumber way. It's silly right. just by the fact that a child is president and people are blindly voting for him because they like him because he's nice or his dog is in the promo, promo videos. Um, so that I really like that aspect. And then my favorite thing is the Nightmare Ride wouldn't be worth much if he didn't have a good lead. And thankfully, we do. His name is John Cho. John Cho. And I'm just so happy to see him on one of these. Ooh. And he's the lead and he's in every scene. And he is delicious. Would you say that he's the best actor we've seen so far in all of these episodes? He's my favorite. Oh, okay. Him, and then I think Adam Scott is really good too because they both kind of are parallels of each other. Sure. Yeah, Scott is still at the top, but... Scott does a good paranoia. Sure. And Cho is always very calm and level-headed, which I like. Without giving anything away about how I felt about the actors in this... My favorite so far is Stephen Young from the last episode he's of good. Traveler. He's got a lot to chew on. And Greg Kinnear. I love he's Greg Kinnear, yeah, too. I know good. we're on a roll with these actors. So I have to say that for my three things that I'm picking, and I stuck with three as well, starting from the bottom, it has the true, as I said earlier, true Twilight Zone hooks, such as the ending. It's building up. We end up seeing... The, cam- the campaign manager, Raf, getting shot. And then we go back and forth between almost like this present story and then this recap of seeing how Raf Hanks got there. And I had no idea what was going on while he was lying down. And then we see this blood that's seeping through this what appears to be hospital gown. I honestly thought that was more of a, a metaphorical, like, bleeding heart type situation. And I thought they were going that direction with it where... I never thought about that. Yeah, it's this guy who is lying on this bed and he's suffering from something. It's like a mental illness, but he's bleeding out because it looks like it was coming from his chest, from his heart. And so that's where I was thinking, okay, he's not actually hurt. He thinks that he's hurt because he ended up having this change of heart and that's leading him to go against the president and he's then like put in this insane asylum, something like that. That's what I was expecting. Yeah, the the beginning of this was not what I expected and I was instantly worried. With him lying on the bed? The I thought, yeah, I was like, what, what direction are they going to go with this? Is this like a mental illness thing? And it's it's not. Yeah, I was actually glad that they, t- they took the direction that they did because you're left thinking how – especially as it keeps getting closer and closer, how is this going to progress to a point that makes sense? And I thought it was great. The the reveal, the ending, this may have been one of my favorite endings because it has that classic Twilight Zone. And it is as wacky as it may be, I really dug it. Because how often do we get those type endings in the Serling stories? Those that just stay with me. And days later, I've been thinking about the final shots of this episode. Yeah. There's a lot I want to say about the ending. Ooh. Well, that will be a segment all to itself. That's what sucks. And which we'll, I don't we'll want to wait. That, that's why I'm Let me of, do it now. <laughs> that's why I'm holding off as well. Sorry. My, my he, inner Oliver came out. He's I, I coming out. I'm surprised you didn't yell, he's got a gun. Ooh. <laughs> That was that was I actually started laughing during that, and that's probably not the reaction they were going for. But, I mean, he does what he does. He he, <laughs> he he wants what he wants, and he's gonna get it. Could you imagine the current president out of nowhere walking in somewhere 
and just yelling, who's got a gun and pointing at someone? <laughs> Probably, actually, yeah. <laughs> I can imagine a lot of things I wish I could. <laughs> so my second thing, and this is going to come out of nowhere. I love the actors in this, but for some reason, I like this grounded, almost like in and out side character played by Allison Tolman. Oh my gosh, really? I actually liked her coming, kind of bobbing in and out. Ooh. And her basically almost representing a current culture of those who are seeking like a job and they're not willing to stick through it. Whereas Raph kind of represents almost like a Gen Xer, I feel. And Tolman was almost this millennial who was willing to say, hey, I'll help you get there but I'm going to move on and jump around. There, there's kind she of... She goes back to him when he does well. Exactly. So it made me think a lot about her character and what she wanted. Like, Raph, we know what he wants. He's he, very open about what he wants, exactly. which I thought was great. And Tolman, there's so much, I feel like, after the fact, what is it that she wants? We we know what Tremblay wants, which is he's, a, he's just a kid, but at the same time, he's a little bit like Raph. And they share that similarity, but Tolman could be at times almost more of a threat. I thought she would end up coming in and being a threat and jeopardizing Raph. Now, that's not what happened, but there's just something about her character. And she never came off to be eerie or suspicious or, you know, trying to pull the wool over his eyes, anything like that. But it was just something about her. And I thought Tolman played it, played that pretty well. But once again, just like a traveler, I like these characters. These are good characters. I thought they were written well. And like Trimbley seemed to represent himself. And yeah, I mean, he's just 12 years old. So imagine this 11-year-old boy getting elected president. And the final thing, I think it's a great idea overall. Just this nugget that we're going off of, like I said, an 11-year-old becoming president of the United States. To me, it's just, once again, a true Twilight Zone. It's a good, uh, it's a good concept. Of course this is never going to happen in terms of like age. But if you just sit back and you think, how crazy is it that we end up getting something like this? And he's like, you know what? Everyone gets a, gets a free video game. Love it. He's got my vote. Spaghetti Tuesdays. Love it. Every Tuesday, we got to eat spaghetti. Which, by the way, did you notice, if you go back and read the tickers... You will notice certain things that are happening and some things that tried to happen but did not. One being he tried to implement Spaghetti Tuesdays. Did not work out. wonder why because that's a simple one. It's very simple in some Do you want to go over his campaign promises real quick because yeah. I wrote them all down. Okay, so you do. Yeah, let's. I think this let's, is a good time. Let's think about what we like. Number one, jobs for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's a good thing, but it's like, what job are you going to give the homeless guy on the corner the chance to run the FBI? Like, or the boundaries on this? But 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 do you also just make up jobs and it's like a part time job counts? And it could literally be writing notes on a post it note, and that's it for like an hour. That's a job. Let's do it. Uh, number two, long weekends, longer vacations. Okay, I'm down for that. Down for that. Number three is a weird one. Less Star Wars movies, which sounds like an odd one for an 11-year-old boy. You would think so, but is it the fact that it's not appealing to a younger generation? Is that what they're trying to I say? I don't know. I, that one shocked me. Yeah. I was surprised by that, too. 
Uh, number four is a good one. Better air to breathe. That means more bikes and less cars. Loves it. You know I'd love it. I agree with that. Number five, less war. We would all like that. It's just sure. probably not going to happen. And then the man who's demanding less war actually creates more war. Exactly. Number six, dogs for dog people, cats for cat people. I like both, so I would have hopefully so both. What would you be? Would it be cat-dog and you have to get like a yeah. hybrid? You know what? Up until the last couple of years, I, I was very much a dog person. Then two years ago, I got a cat, too, and I love her to death. It's It's actually incredible how much I love my cat. I would still probably say dogs. Yeah, I would too. I guess like at the heart, maybe you can end up saying that you're one or the other. Do you think that's the case? Because like I grew up Mm -hmm. a huge dog person, but then I had a girlfriend who was a huge cat person. Then I ended up growing into loving both dogs and cats. Yeah, I mean, I love them both. Dogs are more companions. I love my cat. She sleeps with me every night. But during the day, she's off by herself. She's just doing her own thing. She does her own thing. Uh, Number seven, more pancake houses throughout the land. Absolutely, yes. I love IHOP. So I was going to say pancakes or waffles. Which one? Uh, Waffles. So you'd go a waffle any day over pancakes. I mean, I like pancakes too, but I like the the uh, the, just the whole structure of a good waffle. But yeah, just the sometimes they're a little crisp, and you put syrup. You get you can get a little nugget of that where just one. Or like two cubes of a waffle. I like putting mat like um, scrambled eggs with it. Just That's do good. a little combo. Love my f- what I, one of my favorites. I used to do this if I was ever in a rush, and I was in college. I would have a waffle, put it in, and then add chocolate chips and peanut butter to that. I'd Ooh. fold it like a taco. Oh yeah, just eat it like a taco. Yep. Number eight is one that almost broke. Oliver's administration. It's free video games for every American. And it was in the very beginning. We see that. And he's like, make it happen. Make it happen. I guess my question is, you don't have a PlayStation 4. What are you going to do? I'm screwed. Do you still get a video game? Yeah, but it's a a PS4 game. (laughs) I got to go buy one now. I like that one. I'm down with that. But maybe that would help the economy. Like you get a game and it encourages you, yeah, I got to buy a new this you know, station. Yeah, you got to go. Yeah, you're 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 putting your resources, your money back into uh, stores and stuff, keeping them afloat. What's interesting is this is the one where he says, "If this doesn't happen, I'm going to start this tax thing." Oh yeah, and these businesses will go out of business. I love it. Uh, number nine. Every month has its own holiday. We we have that basically at this point. Sure. This one kind of sucks, in my opinion. The holiday. Yeah, I mean, I don't care. It's one, honestly... We, we have that already. We, not only that, but it depends on the job that you end up having. What's the point in it if you end up having these random holidays and they're kind of meaningless? Yeah, it doesn't matter. Number 10, the last one, dessert is before dinner. I'm okay with that. I do that anyway. I don't even care. You, I, you don't have to tell me to do that. Jayden. No no joke. There are some days that I will do that in that order. I would say like 40% of the time. If I have... Dinner and dessert together, like they're already both together, yeah. like we're out to eat. I'll do that too. Or I'll at least start on the dessert I'll, yeah. and then go move my way to the food. And, and let the food, the entree, let the main meal cool down a little bit. Yeah. And like if you've got ice cream, then that's I don't perfect. want it to melt. No, not I don't at want all. that ice cream to melt. Especially if it's custard. That's gone in two seconds. So those are his campaign promises. I, I would say overall, um, they're lofty goals. Will you support that? Yeah, I love it. I, I don't like the Star Wars one necessarily. Yeah, that's really weird. No, 
so you're getting more into Star Wars then, right? Yeah, and they're actually Lucasfilm is actually doing this. So yeah, maybe they just what if actually instead of being elected president of the U.S., he's elected president of Disney. What if they just made him and they fired Kathleen Kennedy and they <laughs> let him uh, just <laughs> let, run Lucasfilm? Let Oliver. I at this point, it sounds like that may be the case. Let's do it. So you like those, what he promised. Now, apparently the American public loved him too because in this entire episode, he got nothing but praise from everyone. I would, I would say most of them are pretty praiseable. What's your favorite? The video game, is that your number one for his campaign promises? Um, yeah, because it, this is the thing. Dogs for dog people, cats for cat people. I can already do both those. Sure. You're not going to stop war. It's just not the way it's going to work. Can't do it. Uh, better air to breathe. That's good in the long run. Sure. Start Less Star Wars movies. I like Star Wars movies right now. I don't really want them to stop. Long weekends, longer vacation. That depends on your job. Yeah. If you're working somewhere where you and I work, that's not how it works. Not at all. Because Then you'll we, have to cover for someone. Yeah. You, you got to cover. And then jobs for everyone. I have a job. I can do dessert before dinner. And every month, has its own holidays i don't care so yeah i would say i would say the video game things is there like a cap do i only get one yeah i'd say pick your one pick your best yeah okay well i'm I'm down with that he's Uh, got my vote is what i'm saying that'd be interesting because i'd be because that you're looking at like 50 bucks 60 bucks yeah you could get it brand new and just go hawk it i think i may end up going with the jobs one just because i'd love to see what he'd have to what he'd come up with. The problem is you already have a job. You can't benefit from that. No, I wouldn't. But I wonder if it would be something so wacky that it's like jobs for everyone where you end up having these, I don't know, street sweepers or something where literally everyone's out on the streets doing something. You could just be like the temperature man. And you <laughs> just walk outside and you have to check the temperature every hour and or, report to a, a news channel. Or the salt man, where if you ever run out of salt, he just runs up and gives you salt. At a movie theater. Everywhere. Oh, everywhere. You're That's a hard job, though. You're basically, like, you have someone assigned to you, and they're like, if he runs out of salt, make sure he's got it. It's like the, the Amazon thing where you're like, order me toilet paper again, and <laughs> it just does it automatically. The, the Amazon button or whatever it's called. It's Alexa, but just in human form. All right, let's move on. Let's move on to <laughs> the things you disliked and three things or less. You know what? I like Allison Tolman a lot. She's a great oh. actress. And my knock is not that she's not good in this, but I, I didn't like that she was basically relegated to kind of a nothing part. Yeah, I mean, there are times that it seemed that for sure, and I get that. I mean, you brought up but, some interesting points about what she might represent and the way she kind of weaves in and out. I could have used more of her because I like her a lot. Sure. And then, is Jacob Tremblay a good actor? Do we know? I mean, here's the thing. He is such a young child. I mean, he's a child. He's 12 years old. And I think that he's fine. But it's it's yeah. one of those that it's, there. you know, there's one podcast that we've listened to. And they have talked about uh, child stars and how it's very difficult. And I, I mean. I mean, so they cast these kids and the, uh, oftentimes these kids feel very natural. Like they don't even know they're being filmed. And then sure. when they get older, they start thinking too much. And that's when you kind of, the seams start to show. Sure. And I feel like we're kind of hitting that point with Jacob. Uh, the threshold. Where I'm like, oh, now I see he's trying to act and it 
It's not great. That's that's actually a really good point. I think that's my issue. I didn't think he was terrible, but so it's starting to show. He's just kind of a little twerp in this. Yeah, that's like a little Dennis the Menace or something. Especially him dropping the f bomb. He didn't have a slingshot. He needed. Told his mom he hated her like six times. (laughs) That mom, I'm surprised, was not the end to him. Good looking mom though. Yeah. Uh, Storytelling quibble I have. You mentioned the flashbacks that happened throughout this episode because it opens with Cho strapped to uh, what we later learn is an operating table. And then throughout the episode, we cut back and forth between the past and the present. Sometimes that works in storytelling. In this case, I found it distracting. Yeah. I wish we could have started that way. And we're like, what? what's going on? And then you, we end with the big reveal. He's shot. And then we get to the, the good end twist. That's my problem with that. Yeah. Too much back and forth. It's like Bird Box, where any sure. momentum that you have, you're you're lost because you're having to flash, uh, I guess, flash forward in that case. I agree. Or in both cases, a little actually. Bit. Yeah. We go back. I, I think that there should have been like a beginning, middle, end where it's very short and you only see a little bit of that. I just think with how short this episode is, it's just unnecessary. Yeah, I would agree with that. And especially there were moments that I felt were a little longer than they needed to be for those flash forwards, yeah. so to speak, or the present day, where they're asking him questions. And it's like, we don't need to know this. Just like show us him on the table where he's like. We didn't need it. Show him confused. Show him bleeding. Show him at the end where he's dying mm-hmm. or basically being cut open to death. He's basically <laughs> being stabbed to death. Uh, and then my biggest issue is is – a few of these episodes so far, they have an agenda and they aren't afraid to pound mm-hmm. it into our heads. And so anybody hoping for change, uh, this one is very heavy-handed. Yes. That's and my number one, too. It's just, I don't know if you know this, I'm pretty sure this episode is about Donald Trump. Oh, really? I don't know if you were I able to I about Tricky that. Dick. Uh, and I'm not dismissing the idea that Sterling would have done a story like this if he were alive today. Sure. But he had a way of doing these type of episodes in a very subtle way. Right. Where even if you didn't understand what he was saying, you were able to enjoy the episode. Yeah. And that's not the case with this. They don't, they don't, they are not afraid to just really hit you over the head with their message. Part of what Sterling was having trouble with way back then in the 60s was his views on on the world and what the TV heads wanted. Yeah. So they were fighting over content. And he had a way of slipping in his message without having the episodes get shut down. Literally bypassing these censors. Yeah. So maybe that's the thing is like he had to think hard. How do I say what I want to say and slip it by the cronies up top? When you're forced not only to fit within these time restraints of the original episodes that Serling had to do, Here we don't have that. But when you're allowed to work outside of the normal 22 minutes of broadcast and you are able to work in cursing as much of the cursing and and, and graphic violence, there's nothing that's really been that that graphic here. But the other thing is if you're allowed to say whatever it is that you want, does that allow you to become a weaker writer or storyteller where you're not having to think as hard. And I I don't want to say that as like a negative thing, but I'm kind of posing it as a question because I've thought about that a lot while watching these. 
and does it work better keeping it ambiguous and it allows you as the viewer to kind of make those things up in your mind to say, all right, well, this is what they're trying to say instead of being as pointed as what they are. Sometimes I think it works. Sometimes it doesn't. In this case, I think from what we witnessed, it at times while watching it, I was okay with it. But after I kept thinking, you know, maybe I just, I did not dig that as much. And and it's going to hurt my replay value of it because I'm going to be less like less likely to go back because I'm not wanting to pick up those pointed things. I want to pick up those things that are left for me to determine. What did this character mean by acting this way or saying what he or she did? So that's that's actually my largest gripe is that does it actually make for weaker storytelling or stronger t- storytelling with it being something that you can make it be very straightforward. And I, I don't have a good answer for that right now. But I do know in a case like this, I think it actually hurt. The longer I had to think about it, the more it started to go down a little bit in my book. Yeah, I mean, I know, as I said, a lot of people feel this way. And I think if that's your goal, the ultimate goal is to divide people, then you're successful. But if you're wanting to create something that everyone can enjoy, there's a different way you can do it, I think, still have content like this in there. Sure. Again, that's not to say I didn't like it. I liked it. Sure. Going forward with that, that's my uh, second complaint. Just in terms of the things I disliked, I'm just sticking with two things. My second thing is I thought that it came off a little too wacky or just thinking about it more. It was too heavy-handed. Just enough of it would have been okay, but it seemed to really lean heavily into saying, this is what we're talking about. So take it or leave it. We don't care. This is the story we're trying to tell, which I think there's a lot of ambition in that. But at the same time, I I admire that to some degree. Yeah. But at at the same time for myself, I appreciate more that idea of what Serling ended up doing in, in terms of saying, all right, I'm going to allow you to think about this as much as you want and interpret this any way that you want. But once again, I I feel like I'm a little biased for that and it's hard for me to look past that, but I can appreciate it. And like you said, I can admire that as, as much as I can. I feel like these also are being aimed at a generation, a different yes. generation than the original, which is fine. But sure. my question is, do they care? Right do now, I don't want to so. watch that. I don't know. Do do I want to come home after a hard day's work and watch something that is either like replay, which sure. is very real life, or this one, which is very real life? Is that how? Is this the kind of entertainment I want? Which is why stuff like Big Bang Theory is so successful. It's because yep. people just want to turn their brains off. Mindless entertainment. You just, just go and stupid laugh. entertainment. Give me I another. I feel like there's a way to do both. Sure. Yeah, I agree, and. What we're also seeing and hearing from those who ideally this should be targeting, like you said, and the creators of this, not just Peel, but others behind the scenes are saying they're targeting a certain generation and then also demo because that's why they're including cursing and and these other things that are new to this series. But the bad thing is those who they're trying to target – are for the most part saying, I'm not going to pay an extra five bucks a month to watch this, or I'm not, like, I'm not interested, I'm not going to invest in that. So that's not so great. And it makes me concerned about the future of this rebooted series. 
The final thing is, it is what you mentioned, the back and forth storytelling of the present day and how John's character, Raph, got to where he is. So I think it should have been just three parts. In the beginning, it opens there. Then there's a middle part of where he's bleeding. We're not sure why is he dying? Why is he dying? And it jumps forward to we see he's shot. Then he's on this table. He's bleeding. And they're like, sir, the doctor's coming right away. And it's revealed. Ooh, Keep that it would there, be great. right? That's good. So you trim it and you're able to cut a little bit of time. Time's not an issue here. It's just yeah. this fact of the story. It's, it's, it's a disruption that I don't care for. So that's where I'm going back to. Maybe they're allowed to kind of expand and say, you know, what's kind of work these parts in and if you restrain it brought it in a little bit just rein it in i think that the stories will be tighter and a little better let's now segue right into that the ending what did you think about the ending of this episode best one so far so at the end what we have is this back and forth story of john on this operating table and at one point, he starts bleeding. We're not sure what's happening. At the end of the story with him and Oliver as president, Oliver shouts while they're going through and, and talking and having this very intimate discussion. It's just Oliver and Raph, and then there are two Secret Service guys. They're playing a game of putt-putt. Then he dims the lights, turns on like these crazy lights. Oliver shouts, he's got a gun. The two Secret Service guys shoot Raph. Jumps forward. He's on the operating table. That's why he's bleeding out. And then it is revealed that the doctor who is called in to operate on Raph is a child because Oliver does not want older. Did he say stupid? Stupid doctor? Something like that. Yeah, he's, he, they want him to get a physical as president. He says no. No. Oliver, do not argue with your mother. I'm not going. I'm not. So this this young child in a surgeon scrubs comes in to operate, and not only is it a kid doing it, but the kid also is like, "Let's get this done quick. I want to play video games," <laughs> which is a double whammy <laughs> for poor John Cho. It's uh, it's very similar to Nightmare, in which the main character gets a fate of his own doing. I loved it. That was that was cool. That was really cool. I liked it. Such a great ending. That's classic Twilight Zone, right? Yep. There. A very cl- And then as the camera pans from the top and we see the kid basically jamming the knife. Stabbing. The- <laughs> we hear him stabbing him like three or four times and you know he's not going to make it. And he's just screaming out for his life. Then the camera pans down to reveal the narrator. What does he have to say? So the final words spoken by the narrator are, society is a fragile ecosystem Razzle and dazzle people with the right lies, and eventually they'll go blind to the madness right in front of their faces. Ralph Hanks made a living selling the American dream, but once sold, he created a true nightmare that he couldn't buy back, especially not here in the Twilight Zone. Good ending. I, so the, in, the outro, you like that as well? Loved Final it. Lines? I loved it too. This may be, once again, the strongest outro that we've received. And... That honestly may be my favorite part of this entire episode. 
hands down, if I could go back, I'd add that. The ending, my favorite part. That's good. So the YouTube moment. This is something that years down the road, this episode will be remembered for. Is there one that stands out to you? The one that I would look up is when Oliver is shooting his music video. Oh, because it's so stupid, but it's, it's so, so brilliant, and it's just like yeah, that's what people do. What What was the name of that, by the way? The name of that song. I don't know, but I I looked it up to try to buy it or something, and I couldn't find it. <laughs> but this is the kind of stuff that happens in reality. Yeah, exactly. And, and then just the fact that they behind the scenes took time to choreograph a dance routine, and like Jacob had to learn it. Just that cracks me up. I just thought I thought the whole thing was a hoot. The overall grade. What would you give this? I'm going to say B+. Plus. Okay. Uh, now, do we go up? I know before we started recording, you said that you have this general idea of a grade, but while we talk, it could either go up or go down. Yeah, I, I, I typed B. I'm staying with, and I originally put this down, I was thinking about going lower, but as we talked, I'm sticking with my original score, which is a B, flat it's B. It's good. And... I, None of these have cracked, at least for me, the B-plus mark. A traveler did for me. And that did for you. So let's now jump into ranking the new Twilight Zone episodes. Has Is this getting more difficult for you? Um, A little bit, because I have, well, starting from the bottom, the comedian not changed. So you were, But you were thinking about bumping that, right? No, I was just trying to throw you off. Okay, because <laughs> I couldn't tell if before we started recording if you hated this episode that much. No, I was trying to throw you off. Uh, number four, I have Replay. Number three, A Traveler. Ooh. Number two, I put The Wonderkind. Almost number one. Wow. I almost have it as my favorite. And then number one, still Nightmare at 30,000 feet. Huh. Have you I returned mean, I, to these? I have not returned to any of them. Okay. But there are three, those top three, that I would watch again. And I, I will. I want to wait till maybe after the final episode airs and we're, we do our final ranking and I'll rewatch some of these. I did a little remixing for my list as well because after thinking about it and after our discussion on the podcast, after reading more about these episodes, I had to bump one and... Also work in the Wonderkin. So here we go. From the bottom, no change on yours. The Comedian. Number four, which is kind of weird that it's here. Put Nightmare? Yeah. Oh, geez. It's kind of weird. I'm surprised that it's that low. But This is basically, though, for you, four, three, two, and one are, are good episodes. Yes. Yeah. I would say so, for sure. Number three, The Wonderkin. I, I, I liked it. I'm now bumping Replay down to number two. And I have a traveler wow. at number one. Yeah, you love that one. I you I talk really about liked that one it. a lot. I've thought about it a lot, and I watched it a second time. And during that reviewing of it, I liked it more and more as it went along. And I'm a, I'm more okay with it being this alien invasion. But I have a prediction about the overall series. I think that story will be the final story in this series of like twilight zone so they're like telling all of these out of order if we're really connecting all of these twilight zone episodes i wonder if they have a larger story at play here and they're going to have like so we have 10 10 episodes if there's going to be like an 11th episode that's a surprise and that's like a finale and it ties all of these together i can tell you that that won't happen 
I hope it doesn't. I'm serious. I hope it does not. But we'll see. So that's how we would rank the Twilight Zone episodes. Easter eggs. Let's now cover those Easter eggs related to other older Twilight Zone episodes. So I just have two for this. I have two, too. Okay. Do you want to go? Why, why don't you One's go o- obvious. It's the news. It's basically the news that's on the TV nonstop is Whipple News. Yep, Whipple News. Which we've seen in every episode. It's obviously this giant corporation. I'm surprised we're not getting an episode that's just titled Whipple. We and might. It's about, we don't know. That's true. Yeah, it's very true because I think there are two episodes. We don't know the name of them yet. And then you mentioned... Um, I, this one felt similar to an old episode called It's a Good Life. Mm-hmm. Is is that one of your references? That's honestly the only one I've got. That's the only thing I could think of. And that's a young boy that has these God powers. Mm-hmm. And he just rules over this isolated town in Ohio. You think about me. Go ahead, Anthony. You think bad thoughts about me. And maybe some man in this room... Some man with guts. Somebody who's so sick to death of living in this kind of place and willing to take a chance. Sneak up behind you and lay something heavy across your skull and end this once and for all. You're a bad man. You're a very bad man. Honestly, that's that's the only one that I could really say this episode, of the older episodes, it seemed like. It has got... Such a great narration from Serling at the end where he says, if you meet Anthony and that's the boy in this, this deranged kid, he says, you better only think good thoughts because you've entered the twilight zone. I love it. And that's the classic episode where the boy points up and he's like, you're a bad man. <laughs> that's uh season Three, maybe? I Two? think so. Two it was three. early on. It's very early on. But it's one of the originals. And that's the only thing that I could think of connecting it, which is maybe a good thing that last week I complained that we're getting too many, basically uh, too many remakes. And, and this one was kind basically this one was pretty fresh. I would honestly say that the overall. Freshest. Yeah. I would say this is the most, well, next to replay, but replay took that's, a lot that's, from. That borrowed pretty heavy i wonder if from here on out these are going to be basically brand new i have a feeling that's going to be the case which i'm down for I'm, maybe i'm okay with that maybe the first half we end up having all these giving giant odes to older twilight zone episodes and from here on out it's like all right let's this is new but it's i like a, this that it's a callback to the modern day politics of today and then it's kind of similar to an old episode yeah i like but, that but it's more newer yeah it's more. this i would say this is 97 percent fresh I'd go with that. So the this the last one that I have for Easter eggs calling back to older Twilight Zone episodes, there is a jukebox that we see Peel play. He he pushes the buttons at the beginning of this episode. It's a Wurlitzer Americana 3700 jukebox. That is a callback to the original episode's Nick of Time. And will the real Martian please stand up? Which we've already talked about on this podcast. We did. Go back to the last episode. The last episode. Yeah. A traveler. A traveler. Other tie-ins that we notice related to the new Twilight Zone episodes. You mentioned Whipple News. Another one is Oliver is drinking from a cup that has a bumblebee face on it, which resembles 
Busy Bee Cafe, which was featured in Replay. So I'm guessing they were just traveling the country, happened to drive through. I wonder if Officer Larsky was giving them a bunch of crap again. He's white, so there's going to be no issue. No problem, unless unless he was playing a video game. And he's like, sir, you got to put that down. Now, you know my obsession is trying to find 1015. Yeah. Could not find it. I couldn't find it. Do you ever see it on the clock? I was wondering because I Mm. never noticed that. But I kept noticing certain... I mean, I was looking on like his campaign tour bus, didn't see it there. Um, So if anybody sees that, you've seen it twice and Mm -hmm. you didn't see it either time? No. Okay. Yeah, so let, let us know. Chime we got in. it. We got it because this is it's in there because everyone has yeah. had ten fifteen. If you see it, take a pic of it and send it to us on Twitter or Instagram because we want to see that. It'd be awesome if um, Oliver's birthday was October fifteenth. Actually, that's an interesting. It's probably it's somewhere hidden, probably like that. And the final one, this was interesting because when we see Raph sitting in the bar, I'm like, this is the same bar. As Eddie's and the comedian. Didn't you think so? Yeah. So they're obviously reusing the same set. But my question is, is there a possibility Eddie's went out of business and this is a new bar or different bar? Or is this the bar? Obviously, Eddie's and the comedian it was established. That bar stayed the same. As in like it was the same for many years because that's where comedians went. And it makes me wonder, well, what if the alternate timeline is that Camille and the comedian wished away Eddie's and there was no more Eddie's and then it went away and it became this bar. I don't know. Just a few thoughts because I found that call out to be very in our face, but there was nothing that referenced Eddie's. I just searched for the 1015 thing in this episode and this specific website that does Easter eggs, it doesn't mention 1015, but it says like the times will be 1111, mm-hmm. 808, 707, but it doesn't mention anything about 1015. No, 1015. So somebody else has not spotted it either. It's got to be in here. It's Why would they to. have not done it? And all and it's in all of the older episodes, the four episodes that came before this, except for this. Why? We're gonna have to watch it frame by frame. I'm down. Right after this, once we stop recording, we will go watch that and then we'll have to redo this entire episode. <laughs> so speaking of The next episode for The Twilight Zone, we've got Six Degrees of Freedom. That is the sixth episode. And you saw the trailer for it. You excited? I'm going to be honest with you. No. No. Do Do you think that it feels a lot like too much like Alien by chance? A little bit. I think the thing that I, I'm looking at all these actors, I don't recognize anybody. And that's always kind of the appeal is like, who's going to be in this one? I, I love your pun there. Appeal. Didn't mean that one. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I can I can say that I'm not dying to watch this one. And I have a feeling it's going to be like 55 minutes. You know, I'm, yeah, that's a good point. I'm, I'm really excited to see this because it looks so much like sunshine. Yeah, I get, I get the uh, a sunshine vibe or... An alien, like a Ridley Scott sure. type thing. But we assume this is a Mars episode. It's got to be that Mars. We keep alluding to that in the older episodes. Do you have, let's make some bold predictions. I'm ready. I'm bold. I only have one. Time to go bold, baby. What do you have any? It will crash land in the Nevada desert. Because. Ooh, what, the ship? Yes. Okay. So their ship is flying wherever that may be, orbiting Earth, if you will. Something will go crazy. 
And that's kind of, I guess, like a twofer. But something will go crazy on the ship. Don't know what it is. We know something will. And then it will crash land in the Nevada desert. Reason being, Jordan Peele is seen in the episode replay reading a paper at the very beginning during his intro. And it literally says experimental spaceship crash lands in the Nevada desert. What's yours? So maybe they're from Mars and they're, they crash oh. land on Earth. So do you... Th- oh, it's like okay. reverse of we've never been to... Oh, I like Earth. that. Uh, the only thing I have... This is a this is kind of a weird, wacky one. So that's not a prediction, then. Let's make it a prediction. Okay. Actually, so what did I say? I don't even. <laughs> is, <laughs> the Mars, the Mars ship. Yeah. Mars. So it's really a ship from Mars. Is a ship from Mars going to Earth? Mars. It actually crash land. Will crash land on Earth. So it's the reverse of an Earth. Um, so we have their ship will crash land in the Nevada desert. We'll say that ship comes from Mars. It's going to crash on Earth. My bold prediction is two characters will have sex. Ooh. Ooh. You always, in all of these type movies or, 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 or TV shows, there's always two characters. It's reaching the end of the world. They just got to get in one last bang. That's all. It's based, This one could be the bang show. The big bang. I'm and hoping. I, should we just to make a fourth one? Should we say the runtime will be at least fifty-four minutes? Yeah. Okay. I'm down for that. I'm thinking it's going to push a full hour. Jeez, I, I, I no, because they said it's between forty and like fifty minutes. I think, or thirty and fifty, or something. Yeah. Runtime will be at least fifty-four 50 minutes, four. and then also two characters will have sacks. smash on the bridge. Or maybe it's just in the shower. I'll so pull those an are Covenant. Ooh, I mean, I've been really wanting to watch that. Again. I've wanted to return to it. So that's a movie where you and I saw it in a theater here in town. It was the uh, downtown theater, Ooh, which is yes. That's not a negative connotation anyway. It just happens to be downtown. Sure. Downtown, where the folks are a little different. There are, and the theater itself is nice. There are wacky things that happen. Yeah, I hate this thing. theater more than anything. But we went and there, and somebody was smoking marijuana in there, oh, <laughs> so yes. we got secondhand high. And we did, and then after we that, watched Alien Covenant. We we were tripping out, thinking that xenomorphs were coming after us, and it was actually just a dog. I want to watch that again. So those are our four bold predictions. Another thing about not to bring up aliens again, yeah. but the original, uh, like the original script for Alien Three, is being done for Audible, oh. and Michael Bean is reprising oh. his role as Hicks. Okay, which is cool. So these are like the script that uh, the original screenwriter and it, some of the concept was ri- actually used for Fincher's Alien Three. But this is what the follow-up to Aliens was going to be. Oh, all right. So that's kind of fun. It comes out next month. And it's on Audible. It's an Audible exclusive. I'm excited for that. You downloading? Oh, for sure, yeah. I'm wondering if that's going to make one of your pickums. It might. Which, by the way, is going to be coming up in a few days where we make our May pickums. So if you have any pickums, which that's... Three things you're excited about for the month of May that will come out. In the Let world of pop culture. Pop culture. Could be movies. Could be music. I don't have any movies at the moment. Really? No. Okay. <clears throat> and speaking of movies, yours on the last Pickums was a little indie film called Avengers Endgame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
and not many people have seen it. So not, far. It's yeah, I know it's it's kind of strange because we're worried about the box office success of this because we just like a sequel. That's all, and that is going to bring me to the next point that. Our next, very next episode released on Quality Check Podcast will be on Avengers Endgame. We want to tell people what we thought about this because not a lot of people are going and checking this out. That will also be our epic crossover episode with Spring Food Mo Podcast. We ate here in town uh, to prepare for this episode not sure what it really takes for us to be qualified to talk about food. I am in it. no way qualified, and we're going to get on get into that on the podcast because I I have no idea what I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I took notes as if I was somehow intelligent, and then I was just like, I don't. What do I know? You were like Anthony Bourdain. I was Guy Fieri. I love I love Guy. We watch uh, my girlfriend and I. We what? we are big fans of. Triple G, it's Guy's Grocery Games. It's a, it's a game oh. show that he does that is an absolute blast. Do you like that more so, than the diners, drive-ins, knives? Yes. Okay. It's a lot of fun. And if it makes me try to channel my uh, inner judge from that show when we record the uh, Spring Food Mo podcast. I can't wait for you to be yelling and you'll put exclamation points on everything. So, fans out there, thank you for listening to this episode just a final few bits we'd like to mention. We've got a contest right now. Follow us on Twitter. That's all. Just follow us. Give us a little click. It's not hard. And then once we get 200 followers, we will give away a Fandango gift card. So you can go to the movies on us. Don't forget to rate us and subscribe so that you know when a new episode of Quality Check Podcast goes into your podcast player. Follow us on Twitter at Quality Check Pod, Instagram, Quality Check Podcast, or email us at qualitycheckpodcast at gmail.com. Quality Check Podcast is part of the Studio DNA Network.